This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo with myself, Patrick Smith. And once again, the store on everyone's lips is Liverpool's midfield situation. Well, joining me today is the Liverpool.com editor, Matt Addison. Matt, how's things? Yeah, all good, mate. Looking forward to getting stuck in. There's not not too many topics of discussion to go through at the moment, is there? But midfield is, is definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely so. And I'm also joined by Blood Reds, Ed K. Ed, how are we doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Like Matt says, ready to get stuck in again to the uh, midfield discussion. Yeah, well, the midfield has really been the talk of the summer. It's a question that's never going to go away, as it looks more like we're delving into a crisis situation, as called by some. And last night brought the terrible news that Thiago Alcantara, as expected, is once again set for an extended period on the sideline, this time for up to six weeks. Matt, this is another devastating, I'll use the word again, blow in the long line of injuries for the Spaniard. He's going to miss some big games. and We're left once again frustrated at, I suppose, his lack of availability, which is probably one of the most important abilities regarding a midfielder, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's first and foremost not a surprise. Is it? I don't think anyone was hugely shocked to see that he went off injured. We've seen that before. We've known that that's been a bit of a problem, really. And I don't know how Liverpool really really solved that. He's obviously not the only one that's got that issue in terms of, of availability. And I mean, I'm reluctant to, to sort of go all in on they've got to sign someone, they've, they've got to do that because I have to say, before the Fulham game, I wasn't particularly convinced that that was the case. I don't think it's probably helped that on the day, Thiago wasn't great and gets injured, but also Fabinho was atrocious. Jordan Henderson didn't play well either. I think if, if both of those two had played well and Thiago had got injured, then maybe we'd be looking at it a little bit differently. But it, it's very, very easy to go back to those Jurgen Klopp quotes in the summer of, he said, well, we've got eight, nine midfielders, what more do you want kind of thing? And I suppose there is... There is and there was an obvious answer to that. It's, yeah, OK, you've got those number of midfielders, but Tyler Morton has since gone out on loan to Blackburn. Naby Keita was ill. Thiago's now injured. Curtis Jones is now injured. There's a bit of a question mark, I think, over a number of those players. And everyone said at the time, it's it's not really hindsight. It's, yes, you've got eight or nine, but have you really? Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well, not mentioned him. He's injured as well in the last year of his contract. I, I just think... They've got eight or nine, but they haven't really. And I think Jurgen Klopp knew that. And I think we knew that as well. Obviously, we know the reason that they're probably going to take that gamble is Jude Bellingham and all of the, the rest of it in terms of the kind of pieces lining up in terms of what they want to do long term. But short term, it is. It's starting to look a little bit worrying, albeit Navigator now is, is back in, in training, I believe, and is back from illness. He's going to be another option. You've got Elliot, you've got Cavallio, but. Yeah, they are a little bit light. They're not quite in crisis mode just yet, but there may be one injury away, which is probably not the ideal position to be in one game into the season. Yeah, we'll definitely move on to the bigger picture of the midfield and individual players. But Ed, I'm going to bring it back around to Thiago for you. I'd love to credit the person, but I can't remember who I saw it from. But Thiago's missed 53 of the 124 matches he could have featured in Liverpool, which is just a crazy number. This is nine more matches he's set to miss. Do you think Thiago's injury proneness will ultimately be the downfall of his Liverpool legacy? I'm not sure about downfall of his Liverpool legacy. Look, I mean, I think we all knew when he signed we were buying a player who's you know the wrong side of thirty, and he's not he's not going to be able to play every game. Obviously, missing fifty three out of what was it 124 
it's not great, especially given, you know, the difference that you can see when he is playing in that midfield three and when he's on song, you know, you look at that community shield performance, he was he was out of this world. And I, I like to say his performances like that that make me think an injury record like this, it's not it's not going to damage a Liverpool legacy, but it, it is probably gonna hurt the squad this season. Like Matt said, we're in a position now where we are one midfield injury away from it going into crisis mode and it's we've played one game this season, you know. The games are coming thick and fast. Yeah, we'll have the um, World Cup break to probably get him fit. Obviously, a few players aren't going to that, but it, ju- it does just mean that, again, you're looking at that team thinking an injury here or there, and it's going to be another situation where we could be, could end up going from fighting with City for the title to sort of scrapping it out with the likes of Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea for top four. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that everyone's really worried about, I think, isn't it, and Matt? Simple question for you, one sentence. Are we at a crisis point with the midfield now? Not just yet, no, I don't think so. But like we said before, it's it's, it's not too far away, which is not a great position to be in at this stage. I think you, you'd always have wanted one more, I think. I think we probably said similar last summer, you, you want one more. And they maybe got away with it last last season in terms of, of the injuries and maybe Cater stayed a little bit fitter than, than what he had done. You've got to hope that that's going to continue. Thiago as well was was a lot better last season, but it's just a case really of trying to manage these players. I think what you want with Thiago, knowing that he can't play every single week, is maybe to save him for for the bigger games and, and kind of manage him in that way. But then that's you know it, it's not quite as simple as that, is it? You need somebody else who can do that sort of job to come in and in the other matches and and be able to to rest him and rotate him. And I think it's the same to be honest with Jordan Henderson. I think he's at a point now where he played. I think 53, 54 times last season. I, I just don't think that he is physically able to to do that. And well, obviously, he can do it without necessarily getting injured, but he can't do it and play to the levels that we know that he can get to. So, yeah, I, I do think one more would have been a decent idea. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that an injury would change things. I know Jurgen Klopp before the Fulham game didn't rule out completely the possibility of another sign. And he did say if you know there was an injury or if if something did change, then maybe their transfer stance could change. But I don't know, is Thiago being out for certainly the rest of this month, possibly a little bit longer? You know, is is that gonna be enough to, to make them go, we've got to go and sign someone? I'm not sure it necessarily is, just because to, to be honest, you, the, the sort of player that we're talking about Liverpool needing, it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's it's not a case anymore of that you can go out and spend 15, 20 million on a player and, and that will kind of be the right level. I think you, you are talking about a bigger investment than that. And for six weeks, are you going to spend 50 million pounds on a player? I'm not necessarily sure that Liverpool are. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of other clubs and a lot of fans would do, would do something different, but I'm still not convinced that Liverpool will change the stance that they've had basically since they signed Calvin Ramsey and said, that was it, we're finished, we're done. I'm still inclined to believe them at this stage. I mean, Matt, I'll stay with you because you mentioned Naby Keita there. And, uh, we've got to remember Naby Keita is only ill. He's not injured, though there is a long injury list at Liverpool. Hopefully he'll recover from this illness pretty quickly. And I just think he can have a big impact coming back into the team because obviously following that Fulham result, we do really need a reaction, particularly from the midfield, don't we? How would you rate Naby's season last year? And do you think he could be this player that you know we're perhaps forgetting about at the moment? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think anyone's forgetting about the quality. I think it's still the same with him. Of if he's fit, I think he'll, he'll effectively become that fourth choice, won't he? Thiago, 
Henderson and Fabinho, I think, would be most people's first three, but then probably Naby Keita is, is the one after that. And that's how it was last season. He was was fit. He still didn't start that many league games, actually, last season compared to the number of times that he was fit. So he's not you know, necessarily first choice, but I think he's, he's a good enough backup to come in and, and play. But he's got to be fit or certainly not ill to, to be able to, to play in those games. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure... He'll be back in training this week. He'll be fine for, for Crystal Palace unless there is obviously an injury between now and then. But yeah, you'd imagine that he would come into the team. You'd imagine Harvey Elliott's got a pretty good chance. I think he was was one of those after he'd finished falling over his own feet when he first came on. He managed to to find his foot in and, and do okay at the weekend. I think he'll be another one that comes into that midfield. And it, it, it was just such an uncharacteristic performance from those midfielders. Fabinho and Henderson obviously now are, are fit. I wouldn't imagine that Fabinho will play anywhere near that badly again this season. So one or two changes, Cater, Elliot, I think that the two really that I'd look at, suddenly that midfield can look a little bit different. So yeah, it, it's not a crisis yet. Naby Cater can, can be an important player for Liverpool this season, but there is always going to be a little bit in the back of your mind of he's only, you know, a game or a training session away from an injury. So it's not a perfect situation, but it could it could be it could be okay the agenda on the blood red channel i mean ed as well we've also got curtis jones hopefully returning from injury relatively soon you know we've also got harvey elliott as matt mentioned fabio carvalho those three players look to be rotational ones the ones that will be coming off the bench because now obviously we've got the luxury of having five substitutes are we comfortable heading into the season if these lads are the replacement midfielders on the bench? Are you happy with those options or would you rather see someone a bit stronger maybe to bring on at times in midfield? Look, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't firmly in the camp now of I probably would like to see us go out and get another midfielder. But I'm aware that that is it's, the club aren't going to be pushed. They're very adamant on their, their transfer stance. You know that They want to wait for Bellingham, clearly. As Matt says, if we went out and tried to get someone now, we're going to have to pay through the nose to get it because everyone knows Thiago's injured and that's why we'd be buying him. I think Klopp's happy with, you know, Elliot, Carvalho and Jones. And, you know, Harvey Elliot in that midfield three, I, I do quite I do quite like. Obviously, Carvalho is something of an unknown quantity. I think it could be a big season for Curtis Jones. If he if he does get involved because of through injury, things like that, I think he's got I think he's got to have a good year because he's you know, he's sort of promised a lot but he's never re- he's never quite kicked on yet and I think with you know if we get a couple more injuries if if God forbid like you say Naby Keita gets injured which could happen and he he has to come in and fill in maybe he wants Jones rather than Elliot or Carvalho as he's a bit more experienced I think it could be a you know a really important season for him so I think that'd be interesting to see but I do I do quite like Harvey Elliot as part of that midfield three sort of bringing the ball forward a bit more attack minded you know when it's Tiago Fabinho Henderson at times, other than Tiago's obviously passing is ridiculous, but you're looking for who's going to create that chance. And I think with Elliot and Carvalho and Jones, they sort of drive forward, looking to create a bit more. And I would I would definitely like to see a lot more of Fabio Carvalho this season, whether that be, you know, across that front three, filling in, or in that midfield three. I think he looks a really exciting player. So I think, you know, Klopp's happy with it clearly, and I think we're gonna to have to be happy with it for now. I mean, I agree with you, Ed. I'd love to see more of Carvalho. I mean, what do you make of his position? Because obviously against Fulham, he came on in the front three and played out wide. Do you think he's a bit wasted there? Do you think he's much more effective playing through the middle? Or do you think his chances are mainly going to come out wide in games like that? 
So I'm not sure we've seen enough of him yet in a Liverpool shirt to know which, which is his best position. But personally, I, I think I'd, I'd prefer to see Harvey Elliott filling in that midfield three and then maybe Carvalho across the front three. I do think he, you know, he, he's looking at driving at his defenders a bit more. He looked at the connection that him and Nunes looked to maybe have him and Diaz. You know, I, th I think he, he looks a bit more comfortable linking up as part of the front three than maybe Elliott does. And Elliott looking a lot more comfortable sort of slotting into that midfield, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a really difficult dilemma. I think it's one that will progress as the season goes on, hopefully, even get some more established position. But let's move on to the more exciting stuff and talk about some transfers. It's what everyone wants to hear. Matt, I'm going to ask you one first. Do you think Liverpool need to sign a midfielder right now? And if so, who would you choose as the one signing? Yeah, I mean, I think ideally... Let's, let's say Bellingham aside to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 Bellingham aside. I think ideally, obviously, you'd, you'd want Liverpool to get one more in. It's it's just really a case of, of what profile of, of player would that be. It's it's probably one that is a little bit more versatile. I think the, the links with Matias Nunez probably make a little bit of sense. Obviously, there's the obvious sort of he plays in Portugal, so Liverpool probably are quite aware of him type angle to go at. But I do think he is one that... He's got that Champions League experience. He's played in that same league that we've seen a bit of success with players moving across. I think that would be one that, that I would probably look at. But I think the interesting move sort of this week that, that's been going on is, is um, PSG starting to be a little bit more sensible with their transfers. It looks like Fabian Ruiz is going to go there to, from Napoli. Um, 26 years of age, £22 million last year of his contract. So that kind of seems to me like one that's probably doable in terms of the kind of age and, and the profile that he is, whether he's quite quick enough and, and quite got the physical attributes to, to play in the Premier League, I'm, I'm not too sure. But from what I've seen of him, looks a decent player and it does sound like a reasonable kind of price tag, which, yeah, Matias Nunez, I think the release clause for him is about 51 million. There's been talk of, of various others. Nicola Barella is one that's been linked. But again, you're going to be spending a lot of money on that. I think if there is a deal to be done, say for, for a Ruiz or, or someone like that, in that kind of early 20 sort of million, that that kind of would make a little bit of sense for me because then obviously Jude Bellingham next summer, you're not kind of blowing away the, the budget this summer on someone that you don't particularly want. So, uh, yeah, that that's probably what I would look at doing. But whether Liverpool do that, I'd be, I'd be slightly surprised. Yeah, Fabian Ruiz, certainly a very classy player on the ball. He was looking at PSG all summer, but now they've obviously gone for Renato Sanchez, so perhaps that leaves an opportunity to go in for him. But Ed, how about yourself? Is there anyone you'd like to see particularly brought in? I mean, Matt's mentioned Nico Barella there. Any other players you'd like to see us have a look at? No, I, th I think Barella is the one that sort of caught my eye when I saw we were being linked with him. Obviously, um, we didn't get to see any of him in the Champions League when we faced him because he was suspended, wasn't he? But I think he is more in, in that sort of Liverpool mould of player. You know, he's, he's aggressive, he's, he's, he's high-pressing and I think, he, I think he would fit into that midfield three quite well. Whether, you know, they, they want to, like Matt says, you'd have to shell out a fair amount of money if you want to get Barella now. Whether they're willing to do that and then go again and spend big on Bellingham next summer, probably not if Barella's not the, you know, he's clearly not the, the man they have their, their heart set on. That is, that is Bellingham next summer, but I do, I do just think now with with Thiago having gone down injured, it it, it would be nice just to bring in someone else. Maybe not, maybe not a Barella, like you say, if you can find a a steal somewhere for twenty twenty five million, wherever that be. But yeah, I think Barella was definitely the name that was uh, was sticking out to me when we were linked with him. 
Yeah, I mean, Barella has got that tenacity, that short and stocky, rapid. You can just imagine him slotting straight into that Liverpool midfield. Matt, there's been an interesting development today, though, as Manchester United's pursuit of Frankie de Jong look to collapse. They're now interested in a Liverpool rumoured target, Adrian Rabi. I just want to ask you about this situation because it's an almost comical one, really, isn't it? Going from Frankie de Jong to Adrian Rabiot. And also, is there any chance that Liverpool could maybe do a shock sweep for Frankie? Yeah, I mean, the, the Frankie de Jong thing, to touch on that first, is, is absolutely bizarre. The fact that he clearly, he clearly doesn't want to leave Barcelona. If he does want to go somewhere, it won't be Manchester United. That, you know, that, that move just makes no sense to me. It's, it's the opposite of what Liverpool do in terms of their transfers, in terms of what Liverpool do is check with the player that they actually want to go there first and then work off that basis. It, it seems so obvious to do that when you think of, you know, Virgil van Dijk, he's the obvious example of Liverpool spoke with him and, and asked him. And obviously in the end, that deal was delayed six months, but at least you knew that he was 100% convinced on on moving to, to Liverpool. So yeah, Frankie de Jong at Manchester United, I just... Even if even if it goes through as, as brilliant a player as he is, I just don't see it necessarily working because he, he clearly doesn't want to go there and his preference is and has always been to, to stay at Barcelona despite the, the sort of bizarre sort of stuff around his contract and, and all the rest of it, which it, it is in itself a, another completely, completely bizarre story. But yeah, that, that, that for me would be the reason why I don't think as good a player as he is, I don't think Liverpool should be looking to, to kind of capitalise and, and steal on that. I know there is there's a deal there to be done, obviously, if, if you can convince him to move. And I think it would be far easier to convince him to go to Liverpool rather than United at this moment. But the fact that he just doesn't doesn't particularly want to leave Barcelona suggests to me that you probably should should stay clear room. I think he's a fantastic player, but not quite sure that, that Liverpool should be going for him. And in terms of Adrian Rabiot, I mean the, the links with Liverpool were were just hilarious to be honest. There's there's no there's absolutely no chance that that was ever going to be true. As much as he might fancy it, Liverpool definitely definitely will not be interested. He's he's not he's not a player that that would fit into Liverpool. The, the speculation was that they'd send Naby Keita the other way in a swap deal. That was kind of what was being suggested in in Italy about three or four weeks ago. I mean even that doesn't make any sense, does it? Because if you're after another midfielder swapping one midfielder for another, even that, the, the numbers just don't add up. So, yeah, I'd be very, very surprised if, if Frankie de Jong was one that Liverpool looked at for those reasons. But Adrian Rabiot, yeah, absolutely, absolutely zero chance of that happening. Yeah, I don't think a swap deal's on the cards and I think a deal for Adrian Rabiot is even less likely for Liverpool. But we'll leave it there, lads. Thank you both to Edward Kay and Matt Addison for joining me on this episode of The Agenda. I really enjoyed that one. And there's just over three weeks left of the transfer window, so who knows? Maybe Liverpool will break the bank and go for Jude Bellingham. That's a big thank you to all of you for watching and listening along at home as well. We'll be back with another episode of The Agenda soon. You've been listening to The Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.